In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 183rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're back in Atlanta after being up in Indianapolis for a week. Bad things happen up there this year. We came to the conclusion that the year the Falcons are trying to address the pass rush again, There's nobody up there. There's no pass rush talent uh, to be taken with the 16th pick. Uh, They may uh, disagree with us, but that's our assessment coming out of the combine. And here in this episode, the 183rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to title it, The Pass Rush Talent is Down. We did see one pass rusher. We did see one and a half. And the, maybe the third guy's going to be pretty good pro. But as far as lighting up your pass rush, we, we have our issues. And we're not the only one there. So we're going to hear from Chase Young, Clavion, Chase On, and AJ Epinesa uh, from the Combine. We're going to look at the Falcons' needs, which became uh, into clearer focus. And we're going to talk about the UGA guys that were there. And uh, lastly, we got to look at the Tech McKinley versus TJ Watt draft selection. Here is Chase Young. The game is being the best of his event is about sacks. Being the most destructive ever too. And uh, you can do that without having a sack. So I think I will. The best athlete on, on the earth. Um, you know, definitely uh, somebody, you know, you want to be like, um, you know, on the field. I, mean, on the, I guess I'm, I'm me on the field, him on the court, but um, off, the, off, the, off the field and off the court too. Uh, you know, obviously LeBron James. You know, he's never had issues, you know, off the court. And, uh, you know, he's just an all-around good, good, good guy, man. Yeah. yeah, it means a lot, man. I'm, you know, I never thought, you know, the best player, you know, in, in, in the world would be a fan of me. But, uh, you know, it's a blessing, man. It's all, everything here, you know, is a blessing. I, I'm, a, I'm just forever grateful for it. Hey, Chase, what's your favorite move? My favorite move? Yes, sir. I can't tell you that. I got to keep that in my back pocket. Ohio State defensive end Chase Young. He's not going to give up his favorite moves. going to keep it in his back pocket. Now, what uh, I like that he said was, hey, you know, wasn't a, you know, it's about sacks, but it's also about being the most destructive guy on the field. Uh, he's been that. You know, there's little knocks on him that he didn't get anything uh, in the Michigan game or the Clemson game. He got a bunch of hits in that game, but, um, you know, people want to try to say he shut it down towards the end, and uh, I don't think that's the case. But he's clearly the top pass rusher in the draft. You, uh, Washington's talking about two. You know, maybe uh, taking a quarterback, that would slide him to three. And then four, the Giants said they're open for business. So, uh, 
going up to four wouldn't get it done. Going up to two would get it done. But if you go up to four, then you're talking about Derek Brown, the Auburn kid. We'll be talking about him a little bit more. Uh, uh, he's from here, Lanier High, out in Gwinnett. And we'll be talking more with him about him during the pre-draft process. Here's Clavion Chason out of Clemson. He's from Houston. Um, he's a pretty good talker there. And uh, he, he was uh, running a little smack from the podium at the Combine. When you hire somebody, you want to hire someone who speaks one language, or you want to hire someone who speaks three languages. I speak three languages. I do pass rush. I can drop in coverage and coverage anybody you want me to cover. And I can play the run. No offensive lineman ever just move me off the ball and move me. So I feel like that's what makes me more dimensional and a better value player than anybody else in the draft. How close are you to Devin White still, and how cool would it be to play with him again? It'll be great. It'll be great. I mean, we still speak. We talked a couple days ago. Justin, he just wished me the best of luck, telling me stay true to myself. Don't make this moment too bigger than what it is. And um, he still has high expectations on me. And every day, every day we speak, it's a new goal that he gave me, and I'm just going to aim it to achieve it. Um, we're, co- we're cordial. I'm not going to say that we're the best of friends or anything, but we speak every chance that we get. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. That was great. Great. I love the coaching staff. I feel like everybody has a positive energy. I feel like around the facility will be great as well. I feel like I got, I got great feedback. You know, it's a lot of coaching that was going on in there. Not so more of just, they also want to find out about myself, but there's a lot of things that I learned in that, in that meeting, and I'm, I'm grateful for it, and hopefully that I get a chance to talk to them more. Did you meet with Arians? Did you meet with Bruce Arians? Um, sure I did. I probably met with every team here so far. Well, Bruce Harry specifically the coach. Yes, sir. Okay. What's your favorite seafood boy? You said again? What's your favorite seafood boy? Seafood boy. Absolutely. Um, so, this is the thing. So, I do, obviously, I've been in Louisiana for a couple of years, and I try to steer away from that as far as I like the seafood, but everybody watch me eat crawfish and crab, and it'll take me 30 minutes just to open one up. So, that's something that I've been practicing for a while. Well, that's sad to hear. My man's got to work on his uh, crawfish boil game. Got to got to get a little faster on that. But uh, he can come around the end. Now, Chuck Smith told me two weeks ago this was a guy, but he said he don't know about a sixteen. So I don't know if you can trade back and still get him. Uh, he had a great combine and all, but uh, um, talked to his folks in Seattle who are also in the DM market. Buffalo are also in the DM market, and they are also underwhelmed with this group of talent here this year. So. Uh, but let's move on to, you know, we wanted to study all the top guys here at the Combine and bring you back some some uh, information from them. And we uh, we also got to A.J. Epinesa. Ran slow, didn't bend well, but got some good. He's got some good film out there and him terrorizing folks in the Big Ten. He's the second Big Ten guy behind Chase Young. Let's hear from A.J. I'm in the Tristan I mean, I, I get asked that question every single day, and they say, who's the best in the Big Ten? And I always say Tristan. I mean, because I go against them every single day. Um, I'm, I'm kind of happy. We're on opposite sides, so I didn't have to deal with them all the time. But um, 
I mean, Tristan's a beast. I mean, when you when you can't ask for anything more than just all that natural talent he has, and I mean how how quickly he's able to learn, um, and how freakishly strong he is. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone's really as good as Tristan. Um, you know, I've never really rushed kind of from the two. Um, I, I got kicked inside and I rushed from a three technique every once in a while. Um, but we mostly ran games from inside, kind of the twist games with me and Chauncey Golston when he played at the other tackle. Um, there's only a couple games where I really rushed from the three technique, and that was uh, Minnesota and uh, Purdue, I think. Um, but uh, I just, I'm, I'm kind of raw at it. I feel like I could get more practice and I could grow to be better at it. AJ, you got a lot of pressure early on in the season, but you went on a tear down the backstretch of the year. What clicked for you? I, I kind of credit that to just learning how to take on the double teams, learning how to uh, counter the chip blocks and stuff like that. Um, early on in the year, it's something that I kind of struggled with. And I felt like I wasn't really relevant in the plays. I was kind of um, taking those chips and, and kind of being driven away. Um, but as the season went on, I felt like I started to grow as a player. I started getting better at um, countering those. Um, and the production obviously started to go up. Um, you know, I don't know how the numbers are looking exactly um, compared to everybody else, um, but, you know, I, I think teams should take me just because um, I bring a lot of passion, a lot of energy to the game. Um, I feel like I can uh, I can be a momentum changer no matter what time in the game it is, um, whether it's trying to get a strip set, get the ball back to the offensive defense score itself. Um, I feel like I bring a certain kind of energy that kind of brings confidence to the offense that the defense is going to pull through. AJ Epinesa, Iowa. A couple things there. Uh, he's played inside at some three technique, not a lot. Uh, feels he's raw there. Uh, he can run some twist games. He's done that with the tackles there. So that uh, that's pretty good. He learned. Uh, he got loose down the stretch after he learned how to take on double teams and the chip blocks. So uh, he self-described as a passion and energy guy. So, um, you know, take that for, for what it is. Uh, he's an end that can move inside. The Falcons took one of those last year in John Kaminsky. This would be a double stack at that spot if they did it, uh, trying to land, uh, you know, some help there. So uh, those, are, those are the top three guys, Chase Young, Clavion Chason, and A.J. Epinesa. Everybody will, you know, be put under the microscope even more here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, AJ probably needs to run a little faster, bend a little better up at uh, his pro day. Uh, Chase on's pretty numbers are good. His problems on film. And of course, Chase Young doesn't have to do anything. Everybody saw saw what he could do. Uh, was finished fourth in the voting for, for the Heisman Trophy. So let's move on to needs. You know, we're working up there to get a full picture, and the Falcons got to start tipping their hand on some things. Uh, generally, uh, free agency is first, and they've made some moves, but uh, that hasn't been the case this year. They did announce that um, Hooper, Campbell, and Schweitzer were going to free agency, basically saying we don't have any money, uh, after telling us they weren't salary cap strapped. So, you know, uh 
they probably were anticipating that the the CBA being done and not being as strapped as they are, but they are strapped nonetheless. But the needs became clear. They were talking to all the pass rushers up there, uh, at least 14 running backs, and they're looking at guard prospects. So uh, just from you know talking to prospects and uh, their agents and uh, you know moving around. The combine, those are the positions, the main positions of interest. So what you got to do now is combination of those three. You know you can get the the running back late, third or fourth. Okay, Freeman was the third. Uh, Tevin Cole, Freeman was fourth. Uh, Quadrius Mills late. Brian Hill was late. Uh, Edo Smith's third. And uh, Tevin Campbell, Tol Coleman. Excuse me, he's gone now, but I still, he was, uh, I think he was third or second. We'll look that up. Y'all can look it up. So, you know you can get the running back late. So, the first pick comes down to guard a pass rusher. So, are you going to overdraft a pass rusher or take a guard? With 16, and uh, just heard today, you know, guard, you just don't take guards that high, uh, especially right guards, and uh, uh, that was Pat Curran and them on late hits. But the Falcons took a right guard at 14 last year, so, hey, if they see a left guard, they'll take him at 16 here. If he's better than the pass rush guy, that's how it should work. Uh, So their needs, pass rush, edge rusher, left guard, running back, Left the left guard is different from the right guard. He's got to move. They're gonna put the right guard and the right tackle together and try to make that the run side with the left guard coming over to pull and through the G power and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so you know you need a, a mobile left guard who's stout in the pass rush and then some that could climb to the second level, either pulling or running uh, front side or play side in the action. So. They got to get, uh, ideally, they need a guard center who uh, could train under, you know, Alex Mack, who's 35 this year. So that's where we came out of the combine, knowing exactly where they got to go. Uh, running back, left guard, pass rusher, and the, the, of course, the draft is uh, deep and wide receivers and cornerbacks. Uh, according to the Thomas Dimitrov, he said there are, you know, while we're saying how bad the pass rushers are and how down in the dumps we are about them and how, uh, you know, this is uh, just a horrible year to be looking for it, uh, he says there is talent in the first, second, and third round. So the general manager might, might have a little better lead on this than us, so take his uh, word for that. Although the other people looking for pass rush talent don't believe uh, that is the case. So, moving on to the UGA kids. We were keeping a close eye on them for you also. Swift, impressive. Uh, Andrew Thomas, bro, impressive. Rodrigo Blankenship. Uh, Jeff Ryan, great kid. Um, you know, and uh, we went on Dog Nation with Mike Griffith today. And uh, they were ask, he was asking what round do, do uh, we have the folks going in. And so, I went back because I, I missed a couple. I missed Cager and Warner uh, for him. Uh, and Harry on, so I knew seven off my top of my head, but I didn't have my list in front of me. But I got Swift and Thomas going to first. Swift made drip to the second. Jonathan Taylor is, uh, you know, ran fast too. Just the teams just don't value running backs. They know they can get one late. Uh, Blankenship. 
Uh, kicker is going to be your first kicker off the board. I got him going to fifth. Somebody might get uh, restless and go four, but uh, he should definitely go in the draft. Quarterback Jake Fromm, uh, you know, the arm strength issue showed itself, but, you know, he's got the leadership and poise, and somebody can take him at three to four. We're speculating a lot of West Coast or uh, Dome teams. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah speculated the Falcons. It makes absolutely no sense. But, uh, hey, he's going somewhere, and what's the young man? Good luck. Cager, the wide receiver, we got him going in the fifth or sixth round. He's projected as a backup special teamer. So, but 6'5, 220, he's a big kid. Uh, Brian Harrion out of Douglasville, uh, we got, he ran a 462. Uh, he can make a roster, back end roster practice squad guy. You know, tough running kid. Uh, I like to watch it when he was getting a game, uh, and running between the tackles up there. Uh, Solomon, Kindly, uh, they're saying six to seven on him. Uh, 5.5 grade practice squad in the roster. Uh, Warner, tight end. Uh, dad, uh, former legend and uh, with, drafted by the Falcons. Or uncle, uncle Scott uh, Falcons. But uh, six, six, uh, seventh round grade on the tight end. Ran a four, uh, four, seven, eight. Uh, you know, that's a. Uh, that's respectable for the tight end. And 5'6'2. If he's blocker, he's got a shot here. Then J.R. Reed, safety. He's a developmental guy. Uh, fifth or sixth round. You put him behind a veteran and probably get him on the field late in the season or next year. Isaiah Wilson. Uh, developmental guy who has the ability to start within two seasons. Got a 6.28 grade. You know, the super duper stars are up in the eights. And there are only uh, three in this draft. Uh, Chase Young's one of them. Derek Brown's the other. And I suspect Isaiah Simmons is the other. The Clemson uh, backer free safety who just turned out the combine all by itself we expected that we saw that all season so we weren't the ones uh, surprised by that everybody else was so one other thing you know we were working on uh the pass rush study here on uh what they're going to do what they need to do and uh don't want to tip off the cover nine at nine blog but uh came across some interesting information you know, we know about it. Every year you draft, you're going to miss on some people. Uh, or somebody gets off to a quicker start in your career than the other one. But the one uh, that's hurting them now uh, is the Tack McKinley pick in 2017. He, he had shoulder problems coming out, and he still got shoulder problems. He had a surgery this year. He's only been able to start 21 or 45 games. And only got 16.5 sacks. Whereas T.J. Watt was taken four picks later. He's got 34.5 sacks. Doubling tax output. Started all 47 games uh, for the Steelers. And uh, uh, that 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 is a pick that's not looking like a real good one here. Uh you know, right now for the Falcons. I'm sure they're hoping Tack can get healthy. 
and turn under on. But you know, coming out, J, uh, little little JJ TJ uh, didn't project this though. He was a little tweener. They didn't know where to play him. He's getting a lot of action up there out for the three four rushing from the left. Gave Ryan Schrader fits up there uh, two years ago when the Falcons went up there. Uh, turned out to be a great player. Didn't look like a scheme fit here, and um, just like Clay Matthews didn't look like a scheme fit here. Uh, didn't work out for the for the Falcons when they took Parade Jerry over Clay Matthews, the the third or, or the fourth probably actually, but. Uh, you know the former Packer went on to be the defensive player of the year and so forth. So, you know maybe Tack can get it turned around here. But T.J. Watts got him doubled up after three years. We'll see where it goes from here. But with that, we're going to wrap up here from the 183rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. This one was titled. Pass rush talent is down. And uh, we were able to bring you interviews from the combine of Chase Young, Clavion Chason, and A.J. Ipanisa, the top three defensive ends in the draft. We're excited about one, but he's probably not going to be there at 16. And maybe, you know, Clavion Chason can grow on us. And, uh, you know, maybe if they go with Ipanisa, they can tell us why they did it and it might make sense. But there we are, here with the 183rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You all take care and have a great rest of the week. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents. Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.